Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Right now in the United States, people should not be walking around with masks. Must see the central narrative for the fiction that it is. We are Americans. While elections are sometimes messy, this was a secure election. The founders began the fight for human liberty and self-governance, and it's up to us to finish the job. I tell you what, we are in a truth emergency right now. This is the end game. It's Monday, April 17th, 2023, the 817th day of dystopia. I'm your moderator, Chris Paul. Let's be reasonable. A warm welcome and hello to all of you listening to the podcast on the day of its release. The only way to do that is by becoming a paid subscriber at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as little as $50 a year or $5 a month. And in doing so, you will be supporting me, the work I do, and this show as it expands. And if you can't or you simply don't want to, continue listening to the podcast for free a couple days later on a wide variety of podcast platforms and, of course, Rumble. All I ask is that you share it with your friends. You can find the links to the podcast, the writing, the social media, and the merch site by visiting linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. So I want to start off today talking about the only Trump position that a lot of people have a problem with. They will say that it's all about Donald Trump or this love for Trump or this undying loyalty for Trump or this cult-like following of Donald Trump. That means anyone taking the only Trump position is somehow subject to these personal or emotional forces that override their ability to be rational about situations and engage with what's actually happening. 
And I get accused of this like anyone who is only Trump. And before we get into it, it's worth noting that this complaint always comes from people who are primarily incorporating the arguments of people who are never Trump in order to make their points. And they believe that it is a sign of their objectivity, their rationality, their seriousness, and their lack of bias that allows them this lofty position of being able to understand that other people's arguments are emotional, but not theirs, because they are willing to go along with some anti-Trump arguments while supporting other pro-Trump arguments. I am happy that they are able to support some pro-Trump arguments. If you're going to make anti-Trump arguments, they should be directed still about what the most important things are, rather than assuming that the arguments being made in never-Trump quarters are a product of an unbiased interpretation of what Donald Trump is doing. And I think the most important thing to focus on is that it's not about Donald Trump, okay? It is about the system and what opposes the system and the best route to fully oppose that system. So what's the system? The system is the regime and the agenda that that regime pursues in coordination with global governing bodies like the UN, the EU, the World Economic Forum, the World Health Organization, the World Trade Organization, global banking, the International Monetary Fund, all of the transnational corporate partners of these organizations, UN migration, regime military organizations like NATO or like UN peacekeeping missions. And we know the agenda of all these bodies. They coordinate to promote the Build Back Better Great Reset Agenda worldwide. They do that to take over countries. They slowly infiltrate until they control everything. They want to acquire the resources of all those countries. They want to and need to suppress the people so that they won't resist this international effort to eventually control everything that people are able to do. And we have discussed many times how they plan to do this stuff. The woke ideology, the climate change ideology, all of that is the justification for implementing the systems that will ultimately lead to the total end of human liberty. And that happens once they're able to track you. They want to do it beneath the skin. Yuval Noah Harari has talked about this. It's bad enough when it's just on your phone, though. They tried to implement vaccine passports so that they could control where you travel, what sorts of places you can visit in your own neighborhood. You want to go to a concert? Well, you can't unless you're vaccinated and it says so on the vaccine passport you have on your phone. You want to travel? You need the vaccine passport. They were at the point in other countries of stopping people who were unvaccinated from going to the grocery store. They want to have a cashless central bank digital currency that works worldwide. They can turn off that currency and make it impossible for you to use at any time you want if you go against the regime. They want your 
ESG score incorporated. They'll have little labels, little acronyms for all the stuff they want to do, but they want to make sure that you're not eating too much red meat. You're not traveling too far in your gas powered car because you're destroying the environment. Not like their private jets, of course. Virtually everyone at this point understands that they can track and analyze the messages you send with algorithms. Obviously, they monitor your social media behavior. They can use algorithms to analyze the phone calls you have in real time. They know your phone's location and where you go. They know where other people's phones are. They can know who you're seeing all the time. So if you're driving long distances to go eat red meat with a friend of yours who's MAGA and says the no-no things, well, at some point, they're going to be able to control that. Once they can turn off your money and prevent you from going certain places, there's nothing to stop them. And the idea that they don't want to do that is contradicted by virtually everything they say and do about what is appropriate conversation, what's disinformation and misinformation and malinformation. Maybe they won't stop you from seeing people who say the no-no things, but they might just give you a little demerit each time. And if you continue to do it, they'll have ways to deter that behavior and eventually stop it. And they may well ruin your life in the process. So we understand that this agenda is real. They want a one world global government. They say it all the time. That's why the UN and the World Economic Forum exist. It's why they're trying to hand over national sovereignty so that organizations like the WHO can declare a pandemic and then force people in nations all over the world to abide by the same set of rules in order to mitigate the impacts of that global pandemic, at least until they slow the spread. So that's what the threat is. It's not about a political candidate in Donald Trump. It's that Donald Trump is singular in his ability to combat the global order at the highest level. He is also singular in his ability to wake the world up to the fact that this global regime is real, particularly wake people up in the United States, of course. But there are people all over the world who understand Donald Trump as that figure. It's not by mistake. So I've said many times on this podcast, I do not view things through the lens of Donald Trump. Our media, on the other hand, does. That was one of the major red pills for me in early to mid 2020 that changed my thinking about Trump and virtually everything else. It was quite clear that the media was framing everything that had to do with the very deadly pandemic in a way that was designed to make Donald Trump look bad. Now, what we're being accused of is reframing every situation in a way that makes Donald Trump look good. And we are told that what we are supposed to do is consistently react to every single thing that happens and give our emotional response as to whether or not we like it. Oh, Donald Trump said this. Do you like that he said this? Well, what difference does it make? I don't have to like everything Donald Trump or the people around him 
say and do to know that he is absolutely the best choice for fighting back against that global order. And I certainly don't need to agree with the interpretations of everything Trump or the people around him say or do as they're handed down from people who are explicitly anti-Trump. The way I look at things, the way I always look at things, I consistently look at everything is whether or not the individual thing we're discussing promotes the great reset or the great awakening. It makes no difference whether I like the individual thing, just like it makes no difference to me whether someone else likes the individual thing. What matters to me is, does that individual thing wake more people up to a reality that has been intentionally obscured in order to keep people asleep? We are consistently accused of engaging in binary thinking about these issues that we are told have this important nuance that we are simply ignoring or misunderstanding as we take Trump's side once again. But that's the wrong binary. It's not Trump or not Trump, Trump good or Trump bad. And we just list all of the things. And then if you can think of a bunch of Trump bad examples and people can't prove to you that those things are all Trump good examples, then we have to dump Trump. Now, that is certainly misdirected binary thinking, but we're not the ones misunderstanding the proper binary here. The proper binary is, does it help the Great Reset or does it help the Great Awakening? And it's hard to argue that any person in the world has propelled the Great Awakening more than Donald Trump has. If Hillary had won in 2016, we would not know most of what we now know about this global order, this global regime and the agenda that they are promoting worldwide. Now, let's look at a couple of examples that have emerged in the past few days and let's talk about the reactions to them and let's see who is engaged in binary thinking and who is even embracing the proper binary. Because, by the way, sometimes there really are just two choices. Sometimes binary thinking is correct. You can hash out the nuance all you want, but you eventually do have to choose one side or the other. And when the stakes are the future of human liberty, it's important to be consistently getting those choices right. So first, let's listen to Donald Trump Jr. from his podcast, Triggered. Now, a lot of never Trump people, people on the left, have taken this video, little shortcuts of it, and played it to say that Donald Trump Jr. is actually supporting the woke agenda in this clip. He is not pushing hard enough for a boycott of Anheuser-Busch. Now, he talks about the subject for around seven minutes. The first half of it is about their contributions to Republicans and which candidates they've supported as a company. And people have ignored that part almost entirely and focused on little snippets of this second half or so of the video, three minutes or so I'm going to play. 
And they're taking a very strong, very principled stand that Don Jr. has just betrayed everyone on this issue. So we kept digging. A couple of years ago, a leftist organization, the so-called Human Rights Campaign, put out a letter demanding that schools let teenage boys in skirts in girls' bathrooms. Something that anyone who's been watching this show understands that I would not be a fan of, nor would any father or reasonable individual who's not become a total sociopath. Over 300 massive companies signed on to this crap, including Pepsi, Amazon, American Airlines, General Mills, General Motors, Google, Marriott, I could go on and on. It's a who's who of corporate America. You know who didn't sign on to that list? Anheuser-Busch. So here's the deal. Anheuser-Busch totally shit the bed with this Dylan Mulvaney thing. I'm not, though, for destroying an American and iconic company for something like this. Trust me, the memes have been so good. I'm sitting there chomping. I'd be like, I want it. But like when I actually look into it, I'm not going to blame the whole company for the inaction or the stupidity of someone in a marketing campaign that got woke as hell. The company itself doesn't participate in the same leftist nonsense as the other big conglomerates. Frankly, they don't participate in the same woke garbage that other people in the beer industry actually do, who are significantly worse offenders when I looked into it. But if they do this again... Then it's on them. Then screw them. But listen, one of the things we have to do, I like calling balls and strikes, and I love going after people when they screw up. But I think sometimes we do have the tendency of like shooting first and aiming second, not looking into the details, figuring it out. I get that, guys. It's easy. I've complained about that on this show before, which is when we do the, hey, we got you, and, you know, Wuhan lab leak theory, COVID, vaccines, whatever. It's like two years later, we're proven right. We dunk on them online, but they still won. This is like the opposite of that. This is one like we're dunking on them now, but when you actually look into it, they'd be one of the more conservative-leaning companies in America. So they've been put on notice. I'm leaving them alone. I think you should probably do the same. If they do it again, they've been warned. But in the grand scheme of things, man, Anheuser-Busch, a lot less woke than the rest of corporate America. So I don't know that we want to kill the guys that are the least of the offenders than going after the guys that are worst of the offenders, like the people I read on that list earlier. So So I think that that clip is a pretty fair portrayal of his position. What's not a fair portrayal of his position is the little chopped up versions that people have been going off on and making their videos about online as all the never Trump people send this content everywhere. Look, even Republicans are mad that Don Jr. didn't come fully out against Anheuser-Busch and this boycott. Now, do I agree with Donald Trump Jr.? The answer is probably no. I don't think that that would be my position. I'm not a huge boycott guy. I also talk about how I think that this Bud Light can issue is completely overblown. Is it a big deal that corporations are promoting the trans agenda? Yes. 
I don't like it at all. I think it's terrible. I think it's got to be done away with. I understand that as part of the regime system. There is nothing about it I like. I am more than happy to see Anheuser-Busch lose value in their company for making these sorts of decisions. And I hope that the response leads other corporations to stop pursuing these marketing strategies. I am fully against Dylan Mulvaney as a public figure. I'm fully against his endorsements of products. Those companies are showing who they are and everybody should respond accordingly. That said, it shouldn't be one of the biggest issues in our country over the last two weeks. While we have financial collapse, we have countries just doing away with the dollar. We have investigations into the weaponization of government. We have all sorts of stuff coming out about the Bidens. Some of that we'll get to later. We have the fact that the Ukraine-Russia war narrative has been a complete lie from the beginning. We have election fraud. We have immigration. We have countless issues more worthy of devoting this much time to. And I think Don Jr. is right about that part. And he said some things in there that need a closer look. It sounds like he is hinting that there are some of these other beer brands that have actually gone pretty deep into this stuff. Nobody's talking about them. Maybe that deserves a little digging to find out if there's a company doing something really reprehensible. There certainly are corporations who are much worse than Anheuser-Busch. Now, that does not excuse Anheuser-Busch at all. Anheuser-Busch is a partner of the World Economic Forum. I would be overjoyed if every single World Economic Forum partner company collapsed completely. And the faster we see their demise, the better off we are in the world. That is my general default position. So to that extent, I don't agree with Don Jr. On the whole, on this, I'd rather he hadn't said any of this. But I have no problem with the fact that his opinion is slightly different than my opinion. Did he perfectly represent what I think right there? No, he didn't. But neither do the people who have been screaming about Dylan Mulvaney constantly for weeks. And they're the same people who have misled everyone about virtually everything. They have big platforms because they produce clickbait. And that's what most of them did with this video. They produced their hot take. They got to say that Don Jr. is very bad. And they got tons and tons of clicks because everyone wants to own the Trumps. Let's not pretend like all of these people who have gone absolutely bananas over this Dylan Mulvaney Bud Light thing, are out there fighting the real battle. Where were they on election fraud? Where were they on COVID and masks and lockdowns and vaccines? Where were they on mail-in ballots? Where were they on the insurrection? Where were they on the Ukraine war? I know where they all are on Ron DeSantis. I know where they all were in 2015 and 2016 when it comes to Donald Trump. They're making all of the same arguments in all of the same ways that they were making back then. There are some of them who spent the four years while Trump was 
in his first term talking about how, oh, this is a good thing Trump did. This is a bad thing that Trump did. Ben Shapiro, for instance, says he's sometimes Trump. He's not pro-Trump. He's not never Trump. He's sometimes Trump. Only when Trump does good things, according to Ben Shapiro. Now, it turns out that Donald Trump, as president, has access to information everyone else doesn't have access to. And he has multiple responsibilities that we simply don't have. The things he does actually have consequences, whereas our opinions at home and our ability to tell people how we feel about what Donald Trump just did, that doesn't have any consequences until you have a platform the size of Ben Shapiro's. And then he goes and tells his listeners to get vaccinated. And he says, because his wife is a doctor, he has good information. He knows the vaccines are safe and effective. You should all get them. You dopes. That actually does have a real world impact, but don't worry. He can just apologize later for getting it completely wrong and keep going. And the people in his audience are like, oh, well, yeah, you know, he was misled and tricked by the doctors. It could happen to anybody. Ben Shapiro gets the benefit of the doubt on something absolutely critical that affected real people's lives and health. And Donald Trump Jr. says something people don't like a little bit. And all of a sudden, that means that Donald Trump is actually a tool of the regime who is promoting the great reset. He was just tricking us this entire time, lulling us to sleep. Oh, we're just going to give all our loyalty to Donald Trump. And then the final betrayal will be Trump turning on us. And then we have the global regime. And so to prevent that, we need to go and choose Ron DeSantis, who's supported by the Bushes and Paul Ryan and Carl Rove and George Soros and a bunch of quote unquote conservative influencers online who were never Trump before Trump got elected and then were sometimes Trump while Trump was in office because they got to keep their audience so that people don't punish them for being wrong about Donald Trump. So who is engaged in biased binary thinking here? The person who says, I don't really like that statement, but it doesn't change my opinion about Donald Trump because ultimately my view is about something bigger than Donald Trump or the person who hears that clip and thinks that Donald Trump is immediately part of the global regime's conspiracy to eventually control the world. I would argue that it's them and that they are viewing this through the prism of whether or not they can blame Trump for something Trump is clearly not doing. There is absolutely nothing in Donald Trump's record that suggests that he is a tool of the regime. And I know people are going to say the vaccine, the vaccine. We have covered that at length. If people don't accept that argument, that's just fine. I'm not here to convince you. I'm here to present another case, a case that is focused on what actually matters, the Great Reset or the Great Awakening, not your feelings about Donald Trump. Again, we're talking about people 
who look at everything and then think that Donald Trump is weak or stupid or somehow compromised. That is their baseline bias all the time. And they'll say they don't think that their proof is that sometimes they support things Donald Trump does. Well, those things are not related. Someone can accomplish things that benefit you without being smart or strong or having integrity. So if you're always reverting back to Trump is stupid or Trump is weak or Trump is compromised, you can't say that you don't have a bias toward that because sometimes you like what Trump does. That is a non sequitur. But this is always how the case is prevented. All of these people, the DeSantis simps online, the people at the Daily Wire, the people at National Review or commentary, the Lincoln Project, Donald Trump is stupid. They're very smart. Donald Trump doesn't know how things really work, but they do. You have to understand as a member of the establishment, you know how things work for the establishment. You know where the web of communications is. You know where your special information comes from higher levels and you repeat that information. These are the people who really know what's going on. The Bushes, Paul Ryan, Carl Rove. They know how things really work. Donald Trump doesn't. And MAGA certainly doesn't. What are you even doing, you crazy people, having ideas of your own when they have the real ideas? They're the ones with access to the real ideas. They're the smartest. They're the strongest and toughest. They're the least compromised. That's why they're always able to give you their objective view on how sometimes Donald Trump does good things. But the rest of the time, Donald Trump is bad and dumb and weak and compromised. Now, I think most people would agree that we are in a high level, multidimensional, multifaceted, fifth generational war. If you don't understand that concept, Michael Flynn and Boone Cutler wrote a book called Intro to 5GW, Intro to Fifth Generational Warfare. And they talk about informational war and psychological war. That's what we're actually in right now. And it matters more than anything who wins that war. Again, Donald Trump is the one who's woken so many people up. We wouldn't know about election fraud. We wouldn't know about the abuses of the justice system. And by we, I mean, we as a society that's waking up to the reality of all of this, not you in particular, not the group of people in the truth movement or whatever other movement you're part of individuals who have tracked these things for years or decades certainly know this stuff, but the society wasn't awake to it. Donald Trump caused that. He didn't cause all of it directly by telling people he broke the media and allowed people to see what the media is actually doing and allowed people to begin to see what the real thing is. His agenda is specifically in opposition to the global regime's agenda at every single juncture. And there is no one in public life who anyone is aware of who would be a better replacement in terms of fighting that battle. The idea that Ron DeSantis can do that. And again, I don't hate Ron DeSantis. 
If Ron DeSantis chooses not to run, he throws his support behind Donald Trump and he is committed to the America First movement over his last four years as the governor of Florida and he wants to run in 2028. I might end up being a Ron 2028 supporter. I'm happy to say that now while I make fun of all the people supporting Ron DeSantis right now. Because supporting Ron DeSantis right now is not about supporting Ron DeSantis, especially not relative to his ability to successfully conduct this fifth generational war. Supporting Ron DeSantis right now is about moving on from Donald Trump because people don't want to support Donald Trump. It is too difficult for them to do socially, and they are not focused on or do not understand the big picture issues. And let's be clear, I'm not ascribing bad faith to everyone who likes Ron DeSantis. There has been a mass media push over the last few years to elevate Ron DeSantis as the standard bearer for what conservatism means in America. He has done a decent job as Florida governor. He's done plenty of things that I believe are specifically advancing the Great Reset agenda as opposed to the Great Awakening. He has not gone after election fraud in a serious way in Florida. He's done a few things around the edges. Not good enough for me. I don't trust him on the issue. Maybe one day I will come to trust him on the issue. But that issue is too important to just say, oh, you know what? I'm going to go with Ron now because Donald Trump Jr. said something not strong enough about the creepy little guy on the Bud Light can. It doesn't even make sense. Again, we need to operate in the proper binary. Donald Trump is absolutely the best person to fight against the global regime's agenda. He made that clear as president. He made it clear with the allies he's created among the sovereign nationalist leaders of the world, people who themselves are opposing the global regime worldwide. And being able to find statements to the contrary in Donald Trump's history don't outweigh any of that. And here's another example. This example came up this weekend because Donald Trump spoke in front of the NRA on Friday and his speech was superb. He was also hands down, not even close by far the most favored speaker out of anyone in attendance, all of the presidential hopefuls for 2024, the people who are pretending to contend with Trump in the primary gave little speeches. Ron phoned it in. He did a video segment. He was busy campaigning at someone else's event in Ohio. Nikki Haley said a few irrelevant words. Chris Sununu from New Hampshire tried to crack jokes and be the funny, high-energy guy, the real positive take on everything, just kept talking about how New Hampshire was great, like, let's make America like New Hampshire again. We're all about live free or die, blah, blah, blah. He took little pot shots here and there at Donald Trump. It was a pathetic display, truly. Vivek Ramaswamy gave a speech. He actually showed up. He talked for 20 or 30 minutes. It was a surprisingly well-written speech for the most part. It was really poorly delivered. It sounded like he was doing an impression of what he believes down-home MAGA rednecks sound like. 
It was like the Vivek Ramaswamy NRA version of what Barack Obama does when he's talking to an urban audience rather than in an interview on NPR. Voice changes completely. And Ramaswamy spent a lot of time pandering to the NRA. Donald Trump came out and gave a very professional, very presidential speech supporting the NRA, going through the rest of his agenda, making it clear that the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. There is nothing Donald Trump did while he was president to indicate that that is not his intent. He appointed Supreme Court justices. We will probably get to see the decisions they make on gun related issues. I think most people are pretty confident that they will uphold the Second Amendment in all cases. Donald Trump appointed them. That's him who did that. He appointed around 300 federal judges who are committed to maintaining constitutional rights from an originalist perspective. Those are real actions. That's his agenda. The words he uses now represent his position now. But people go back and they find little clips from five years ago or six years ago or eight years ago where Donald Trump says this thing or that thing. The clip that went around, Donald Trump was in a cabinet meeting and Mike Pence brought up red flag gun laws in California and elsewhere to deal with people with mental problems or restraining orders and whether or not their firearms could be removed in order to protect public safety. Donald Trump entertained the idea and he made the point that by the time those things get litigated, the person has an opportunity to go enact the violence. And he suggested that perhaps it would be better to take the gun and then go through the due process. Now, that position is exactly wrong. We should not have red flag gun laws. We certainly should not do anything that allows an infiltrated state. You can't always depend on the state being your buddy and doing things in a constitutional manner. The last thing you want to do is give the state undue additional power that could be misused to suppress the rights of the people. And so the concern there and how he framed that suggestion is pretty obvious. But he hasn't gone forward with that at all in the years and years since. He has never again said another thing that indicates that's his position. In fact, he says the very opposite and his entire record suggests the opposite. But one little clip now means that Donald Trump is actually just serving the enemy. He's part of the infiltration himself. He is lulling us all to sleep so that eventually all of America will be subsumed into this global regime and then our rights will be taken away. That is his secret plan that he mentions once years and years ago in a passing suggestion that he never acts on and then never mentions again, says the opposite the whole time. His record suggests the opposite. And we should give that one thing all the way that my friends is biased binary thinking. It's just not us doing it. The question is always what hurts the global regime's agenda versus what helps the global regime's agenda. Absolutely. No one is going to be perfect at that all the time in public life, particularly not at the high levels of politics 
where you have to do more things than just focus on saying the thing that everyone is going to like all the time. There are other things going on. When we are talking about the information war, a part of that is manipulating public narrative. No one does that better than Donald Trump. We have talked about other people who are able to do it. Elon Musk, Kanye West, these guys can say something in public and change the public conversation immediately, sometimes for hours, sometimes for days, sometimes for weeks, and sometimes for years. No one is more aware and more cognizant of that than Donald Trump, and no one engages in it more than Donald Trump. That's how he broke the media. That's how public sentiment has shifted over time toward virtually every one of his positions. So let's say this, okay? Let's say Donald Trump is wrong about that stuff often enough, okay? He's not a 100. He's maybe an 80, right? When it comes to this calculation. That doesn't change the fact that absolutely everybody else has a lower score than Donald Trump on his ability to fight against the regime. There are other people out there doing a great job in their communications and their actions. I would suggest no one's doing a better job of that than Carrie Lake and certainly not Ron DeSantis. But this isn't about Ron. It doesn't have to be about Ron. The point is there's nothing rational about ignoring Donald Trump's high marks on all those standards, every time he does something that doesn't conform to those standards or doesn't conform to our desires. I watch virtually every Trump speech. There are moments in every Trump speech where I think, you know what? I really wish he would have said that better or, oh, I don't think that was the right thing to say. But that exercise can be repeated with anyone's speeches, and you'll always see that. In fact, you'll see it a whole lot more. And think about how this would look in your personal life, in your relationship with your husband or wife, your boyfriend or your girlfriend, your family members, your friends. You can go through any of the people in your life who you love deeply and you trust and you're very loyal to people you would never give up on. You would never leave unless they did something really, really horrible. All of those people, you could pick out little things that you think they do wrong or that annoy you or that bother you or that make you angry from time to time. Your husband always forgets to put the toilet seat down. Your roommate forgets to fill up the Brita. Your boyfriend leaves his dirty gym clothes in the bathroom all the time. No matter how many times you've told him not to do it, he still does it. Your girlfriend has Starbucks cups everywhere from her pumpkin spice lattes. Those things aren't a big deal, and they don't suggest that you should end your relationships with these people. Unless, of course... You already want to end your relationships with those people and you are actively involved in a process of nitpicking and finding every single possible bad thing to justify the feelings and emotions you already have inside you. If you are the kind of person who's ready to end your relationship with someone over those little things, then you should realize for yourself 
something else is going on. There is a bigger problem that you're not addressing. And it's probably that you actually just don't like that person and you don't want to address it head on. So you're going to find all of these other reasons to justify what it is you feel. And this is what we're seeing. Donald Trump can keep us out of wars. He can have the economy flowing smoothly. Everybody's lives are improving year after year while he's president. He can wake the world up to all of these problems. But if he says something wrong on a podcast or makes an improper suggestion in the media, or he does something that you can't quite understand or come to terms to, or that you're not willing to give him the benefit of the doubt on, well, you know what? We got to get rid of Donald Trump. And we're going to say that everyone who supports him is only doing so because of their personal biases, because they're in a cult, because they're making emotional decisions. But the problem is you actually do have to replace him with something if you want to get rid of him. And what are you going to replace him with? Let's say his score for me is an 80. It's not a hundred, but you know what? My score is not a hundred either. There are things we all do in the course of our normal lives that absolutely do enhance the agenda of the regime. And if we're smart and conscious and aware, we can try to limit those things as much as possible. When we're in our own neighborhood, we might have a small local coffee shop that we go to to get our coffee. We feel good about supporting local business rather than one of the big corporate coffee companies. But when we're on a road trip and we pull off to the side of the road to use the bathroom and get a bite and there's a Starbucks and a McDonald's and we get Starbucks and McDonald's, that doesn't mean that we are somehow on the side of the regime immediately. It just means that we did this one small thing that we would have rather not done because the way our world is right now, it's almost impossible to avoid doing it completely. Sometimes we're going to go the wrong way. And we're not making the important decisions that Donald Trump is making. He's making decisions that actually affect the direction of this informational war, this larger fifth generational war on a much higher level. His decisions and his public communications do something different than what our decisions do. It is totally legitimate to say that Donald Trump is aware that he is directing a public narrative on a massive scale. We watch him do it all the time. He also does another thing. He sends up trial balloons. He proposes ideas to see how people respond. He is a representative of the people. He is a leader, but he is a responsive leader. Sometimes that entails him saying things, watching the reaction, and then him responding to the reaction often changing in response. That's not a sign that he's trying to trick us. That's a sign that he's listening. Now, if that happened all the time and he was doing things actively in the world to suggest that he does not care about what our positions are, what our interests are, then that would be another story. And he wouldn't deserve the benefit of the doubt in that case. But until his score on these lines drops, dramatically to the point where there are other people actually ahead of him, then yeah, he gets the benefit of the doubt. In all cases, he gets the benefit of the doubt because he is the person best equipped to successfully lead us through this fifth generational warfare.
No one scores points for being able to figure out ways they don't like Donald Trump, especially when those ways mirror exactly the positions that people have taken in the past. The people who were never Trump in 2016. A lot of these arguments are the same arguments from back then being used again. The anti-Trump position on all of these different issues reflects the mainstream media position, too. It reflects the establishment position of the Uniparty. And all of those positions have tracked one another since Donald Trump came down the escalator. At some point, it's worth asking if those people always expressing those positions are the ones engaged in binary thinking and reaching an anti-Trump viewpoint in every single situation. And it turns out they are saying that Donald Trump has done some good things at different times does not fix it, especially when all the replacements are either people with much deeper ties to the regime whose agendas align much more with the regime or people like Carrie Lake, for instance, that don't have the public track record. Carrie Lake is absolutely awesome. I think she's right on all the issues. I think she's listening. I think she's responsive. I think she has integrity. I hope I'm right about absolutely all those things, but she hasn't been in there doing it. And Donald Trump has. And again, it's not about Donald Trump. The decision-making process for me, and I imagine for a bunch of you, when you view these situations still involves that higher level is what we're discussing a promotion of the great reset or the great awakening. Even if I agree with the position that the thing we're discussing helps in some small way, however small the global regime, that is still just a slight demerit for me. It's not disqualifying. And that's what people are looking to do with all of these demerits. You can't trust Trump anymore because he said this one thing seven years ago, and that's going to help them win. Well, no, sorry. That only makes sense if you're willing to ignore everything else he's said and done. You have to understand the battle we're in. You have to understand it all the time. You have to be cognizant of it all the time. If you are trying to tear down Donald Trump using the exact same arguments as the people who tore him down in 2016, all the detractors, the people who supported multiple different concurrent coups against our country to undermine Donald Trump as president and to take him out of the running now, it's not him doing the work of the regime. It's you. You're not taking a smarter or tougher or wiser or more committed approach in how to win this fifth generational war. You're literally just siding with the enemy on this one. This isn't about winning political debates online and proving to everybody that you're so objective while agreeing with the mainstream media. It's about winning the big battle. And until someone is ready to argue that Donald Trump is not the best person to do that, then there's no conversation to be had. And by the way, electability in rigged elections cannot factor into that conversation, which of course is the last part. 
because every anti-Trump argument at this point accepts the results of that election and accepts the regime's wishes to get rid of Donald Trump, which, by the way, again, you're helping them do. No one is a bigger supporter of the regime or of Joe Biden than the people, especially on the Republican side, who deny and ignore election fraud. None of this would have been possible without their help. Taking up their anti-Trump arguments to pretend that you are somehow better positioned to know whether Donald Trump is right or wrong in what he's doing and saying than Donald Trump is, is utterly insane. This is not the 2008 election where we're having an argument about whether we need to stay with the George W. Bush, Iraq war, neocon vision of the world, or Obama's hopey changey thing. I'm sorry that Donald Trump doesn't please you and your emotions in everything he does and says. People don't like his voice. People want to pretend he's stupid or weak. He doesn't know what he's doing. Sorry, none of that's true and none of that matters. Look at the results. Look at the agenda. And look at the fact that the man has been opposed by every single system of power in this world for the last eight years, nonstop, and he's still here, stronger than ever and more popular than ever. He has gone absolutely nowhere. They stole the election. They've tried to get rid of him and his supporters in every possible way, and he's still there. There's a reason for that, and it's not because he's tricking people. So, sorry, I'm not going to accept that all of this is due to my biases or that I need to regularly tell everyone what Trump is doing wrong so that I seem objective. We're trying to get to the truth and we're trying to win an informational war. This isn't about being able to impress other people with our political positions. Yes, it is binary thinking. Great reset versus great awakening. It's just not binary thinking about Donald Trump. Pure loyalty and following and trust. That's not what it is. The decision is happening at a higher level above Trump. There is something more important. And in relation to that binary, Donald Trump is absolutely the best possible person in that position. We do not have unlimited imaginary options so that every one of your emotional needs can be fulfilled by a political candidate, which, first of all, is an utterly absurd way to look at politics anyway. But the truth is, those candidates are not on offer. There is no perfect candidate, and it's not about your feelings in the first place. This is a strictly pragmatic viewpoint about what helps the Great Awakening and helps defeat the Great Reset Agenda. Saying, yeah, you know, I really don't like that he said that, but on the whole, that doesn't actually matter that much to me. I think there are a hundred or a thousand examples that indicate Donald Trump's true position is the opposite of that. And he is manipulating a public narrative. And we might not be fully understanding what it is he's doing right now. That is not the response of a cult member practicing slavish devotion to a political figure. That is how normal people view the world, and that's how we all view our own personal relationships. You don't forgive your wife 
for constantly being five minutes late because your biases and slavish devotion have left you blind to the fact that she does that. You do it because it is utterly irrelevant in the broader perspective. If you said, you know what? I actually like that my wife is always five minutes late. Well, maybe you're a little nutty, but you're still not as nutty as the person who's like, you know what? My wife is five minutes late all the time. I think I need to file for divorce. Wait, what? There's nothing else going on. You, you, you still love your wife. You know, she's a good wife. You just, you're going to get divorced over her being five minutes late. Well, yep. I just can't trust her anymore. This five minutes late thing. It has eroded my entire picture of who she is. I can't trust her anymore because of this lateness. And now we're going to get a divorce. She should have just been on time. Sorry, we're not the ones practicing that sort of thinking. That's the never Trump people. And every time they do it, it's worth noticing. They agree with the mainstream media. They agree with the establishment. And that's because there's a strong likelihood that they have another problem with Donald Trump that they don't want to talk about. It's probably that they don't want to vocally support him because of the social incentives in their peer group. Now, before I go, I just want to highlight this article from just the news today. Congressional probe uncovers tie between Biden campaign and security letter dismissing Hunter laptop. Aided by two Obama era witnesses, congressional investigators led by House Judiciary Committee Jim Jordan have developed the first evidence that a letter from security experts that falsely dismissed the Hunter Biden laptop as Russian disinformation during the 2020 election had ties to Joe Biden's presidential campaign. You all remember letter from 51 former intelligence officials says Hunter Biden's laptop has all the earmarks of Russian disinformation. Joe Biden went on the debate stage. He referred to that letter. He said that the idea the laptop was Hunter's has been totally discredited by this letter. He's never done business with his son. Jordan told Just the News he expects to release a report from the House panel on weaponization of government later this month that lays out evidence and the players behind the letter, which many Republicans now say was a consequential interference in the last presidential election. It was all done with politics, and it looks like there was some real connections with the Biden campaign. Jordan said during an interview late last week on the John Solomon Reports podcast, declining to be more specific because there are more witness interviews being conducted this week. For most of the last two years, the letter from 51 national security officials has been portrayed as an organic effort from the intelligence community to raise concerns that the emergence of Hunter Biden's laptop in fall 2020 could be tied to a foreign power. The laptop has since been proven authentic, and the Office of the Director of National Intelligence has said it did not involve a foreign disinformation campaign. But before the letter was debunked, it was used to censor stories online in the New York Post, just the news and other outlets in what has been described by former President Donald Trump, Jordan and many others as an interference in the election that kept voters from understanding influence peddling allegations surrounding the Biden family. Jordan said his investigators have derived valuable information from transcribed interviews 
from two former CIA officials from the Obama era, former acting director Mike Morrell and Nick Shapiro, a former advisor to ex-director John Brennan. It seems to me that one of the key players here was Michael Morrell and that he was kind of coordinating this, working this together. And then there are a few other folks. We have talked to Nick Shapiro. Mr. Shapiro, I think, was the one kind of coordinating the outreach to the legacy media and how they wanted this story presented. Morell currently works as a contributor at CBS News. A spokesman for CBS News did not immediately return an email seeking comment from Morell or the network. Shapiro, who worked as former President Barack Obama's national security spokesman before rising to deputy CIA director under Brennan, did not immediately respond to a request for comment at his consulting firm. Jordan said the specific ties to the Biden campaign will be divulged in the interim report after additional transcribed interviews are completed. So coordination between the Biden campaign and the 51 former intelligence officials on creating this letter to discredit the reality of the Hunter Biden laptop and the information contained on it in the weeks leading up to the 2020 election. Now, obviously, this is just one form of election interference and certainly not by any means the biggest form of election interference. The election fraud itself is the biggest and will be proven as such in a very public way. I have no doubt we've gone through the evidence in various forms in states all over the country now for two and a half years. We understand, at least in part, what the system is, what it is designed to produce, and how much leeway they have to be able to produce thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of fraudulent ballots that end up composing the overall vote count. But this was massive. This was massive public election interference done in coordination between the Biden campaign and our intelligence and law enforcement communities. And of course, we saw it in 2016, too. We saw it during the transition. Obama and Biden themselves were involved in those issues. Joe Biden's campaign reached out to all of these intelligence officials to write this letter about Russian disinformation for a laptop they absolutely knew to be hunters. And here's the clip from John Solomon explaining the process of what he thinks is about to happen this morning on War Room with Steve Bannon. You got to help sure. me out here. That's sure. a blockbuster, what you're reporting. Mike Morrell is, if, if, if I pick up the Funkin' Wagnalls about deep state, uh, he's a very bright guy. But I pick up Funkin' Wagnalls, his picture's there next to it. So why is Mike Morrell serving up these guys that's the uh, that's the part he's totally dialed yeah. in i think he signed I, I, I did he sign the letter or not but why why would yeah, he, he was one of the these signatories. guys up? yep yeah and he was uh, according to jim jordan he was one of the organizers so i believe morell gets a tasking order from the biden campaign he goes and get rounds up the signatures then nick shapiro who has a lot of press contacts because he started in the press side of the obama world he starts uh feeding this a uh, bogus letter out to uh, the uh, media, and of course, a disinformation campaign has begun. Uh, Mike Morrell, I think the reason why uh, Mike Morrell gave it up, I don't think he wanted to testify, I don't think he wanted to give a deposition, 
I think Jim Jordan's investigators have been rolling up people, almost like a mob case, rolling one, and they basically got to someone and said, hey, Morell organized it, and he talked to the Biden campaign. They got him to come in. They got him to confess. Now, we don't know who in the Biden campaign it is yet, but when we do, it's going to be a blockbuster story. Well, the Biden campaign, yeah, because now, remember, the pincer movement, they're trying to connect the Mar-a-Lago raid, they're trying to connect, right. uh, you know, uh, Matt Colangelo to DOJ, uh, Stephen Miller and the America First guys have got the Mar-a-Lago raid with the special access that you report on, all the right. DOJ. Now you're taking this to DOJ. And, and, and this is like a mob war because we take out one of theirs. They're trying to, they, got, they got this whole bogus thing on Judge Thomas. Mike Davis is going to be here tonight. They're trying to take out Justice Thomas, right, with this thing. This is going to, this is getting, it's going to get quite intense, is it not, sir? It is, and quite frankly, I think it's intense behind the scenes already. Listen, trench warfare has been going on since 2019 when they tried to cancel my stories on Hunter Biden at the Hill. Then they went on to cancel the laptop in 2020. They've tried to gaslight or stop any truthful reporting on democratic corruption and the culture of corruption that envelopes not only the uh, Biden family, but quite frankly, the larger Democrats, uh, Democrats in Congress. We've had you know, lots of scandals that are currently engulfing Democrats in Congress. They've been trying to gaslight people who report on it, who expose on it, who blow the whistle on it. And I think uh, the game is finally up. I think with the House now in Republican control, they're getting facts, they're getting subpoenas, they're getting depositions. And I think I'm going to make a bold prediction here today. I think within the next month, uh, we're going to know why the Hunter Biden criminal case hasn't been resolved, why they haven't made a decision one way or the other wow. to uh, charge or wow. not charge him. That coupled with the revelation about the Biden campaign being behind that fake letter, that intelligence letter, going to be two of the most explosive revelations of the last couple of years. So there's a lot in there, no? Whistleblowers, people coming forward, the game's up. Things are happening now. The information is coming out. Within the next few weeks, we should know where the cases involving Hunter Biden actually stand. This stuff has been developing for years now. But this is the real stuff. What does it mean that for the second presidential election in a row, Donald Trump's opponent has coordinated with our deep state intelligence community to dictate the outcome of an election. That sounds a whole lot like a coup, doesn't it? So to then judge Donald Trump through that lens and think that he's weak and stupid and compromised when this is what's going on in the background the entire time, that sounds like some biased binary thinking to me. And no matter what, it sounds like a terrible time to get off the Trump train. I'll be back tomorrow at the same reasonable time on the same reasonable podcast network. I don't have a network. Masks and lockdowns don't work. They lied to you about a pandemic. And Joe Biden will never be president. In my mind, that's the end game. If you're listening to this episode for free, you can support me and support the show and the work I do by signing up for a paid subscription at I'mYourModerator.Substack.com. You can do so for as low as $50 a year or $5 a month, comes out to under a quarter per episode, and you'll blast right through the paywall for all of the writing. The merch store is www.cancelcouture.com, and you can find everything else by heading to Linktree, linktree.com slash I'm your moderator. 
And I'll see you soon out on the range. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. In my mind, that's the end game. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to follow what I'm reading and thinking throughout the day, you can do that by downloading the Telegram Messenger app and going to t.me slash I'm your moderator. On social media, you can follow me on Truth Social, Getter, and Gab at I'm Your Moderator. I also have channels on Rumble and BitChute. If you'd like to follow the writing, you can find me at I'm Your Moderator.substack.com. The merch site is CancelCouture.com or go direct shop.spreadshirt.com slash cancel dash couture. If you'd like to support the podcast financially, the best place to do that is Kofa. Go to ko-fi.com slash I'm your moderator. And all of these details will appear in the show notes with each episode. I'll see you soon down on the range. It's hot!